0: Today, we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 2, Episode 20, Show and Tell. Okay. Yes. I
1: did not not remember this one at all. I think that's probably how I'm going to start each episode now, whether (laughs) or not
0: I remembered it. Rachel, first question, did you remember this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I remembered, like, what happened in this episode. I forgot that, like, Show and Tell was this episode's title, you know? Like, so I can remember yeah. the, the 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 events in this episode happened, but I couldn't remember, like, what the name of it was. And then right. when the episode started, I was like, oh, this – but, yes. Oh, got yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't have any, like, fun facts. I have, like, one fun fact, and it's, like, at the very beginning of the episode. Oh,
1: man, so we have to make uh, them up again? Maybe.
0: I, I have some okay. sidebars, sidebars and, like, notes and stuff, but no, like, oh. my usual fun fact stuff, so – Did you look up if
1: the kid in this was ever in anything ever again or if like this was his
0: final? Oh, no, he's in like, he had like like a huge, he was like, apparently had like a huge arc in the X-Files.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: He was like the, like the chess prodigy in X-Files. If you, it was in like a whole, like a whole bunch of episodes. If that rings any bells. And he played a bunch of elves in like holiday movies. (laughs) Oh, no, so.
1: no. Okay, well, well done you, person, man, yes. Yes. at the time,
0: child. Yes. Right. So. Cool. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he's still going. He's still acting and stuff, so. <laughs> That's yeah. always good to see, and yes. especially
1: when you know the person, and then you get to go back and see all this stuff when they were, like, you know, a bit part when they played something like this, or, like, the best friend of somebody.
0: <laughs> like Ryan Reynolds' first ever acting appearance on X-Files?
1: And oh, look where he X-Files is now. Oh, hey, X-Files all, right. all around.
0: I mean, he's from Canada. So, yes, he was on X-Files. True. Yep. True.
1: Yeah, no, never got into X-Files.
0: Oh. I, I uh,
1: watched a lot of stuff on purpose because it was so popular <laughs> that I was just like, <laughs> yeah, no.
0: Oh, that was our bait. like, in college, that was our big show. We'd get together. Occasionally, we would go to the grocery store and buy tubes of cookie dough and, like, eat cookie dough as we watched the X-Files.
1: Would you make predictions on
0: what no, would happen? No. we just watch it. But all my friends made fun of me because crycheck was my favorite character. And he the guy, not, he was morally gray and was, like, kind of opposing our guys at some time. But he was real cute, and I liked him a lot. And he had really interesting storylines because he, like, wasn't the good guy. So he had interesting storylines whenever he popped up and stuff. And all my friends made fun of me. You went for the bad boys, huh? I did. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about the X-Files. We're here to talk about Stargate. We are. The episode Show and Tell, which originally aired on February 26th, 1999. It was written by Jonathan Glasner and directed by Peter DeLuise, who's back again. And in this episode, a young boy arrives through the Stargate and warns of a plot by invisible aliens to kill all of the human race in order to rob the Gould of potential hosts. Yeah, that, that's that's what happens.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, is this Peter Deloiz as in like related to Dom Deloiz as yes. in like also played the dad on Wizards of Waverly? Yes. He makes a cameo in this episode. Is he that was my one fun fact. Oh, I recognize him. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> I love him.
0: That I we uh, I might be sort of cousins somehow to the Deloise family via marriage. What? Okay. Yeah, because David was at a Stargate convention a couple of years ago, and he was, you know, doing his panel up on stage. And he's like, before we get started, I want to, like, take a little, like, high selfie video to my daughter. And, like, she goes by her middle name now, which is a little weird because her middle name is her grandmother's maiden name, which is Stefano." And I was like, wait a second. There's Stefanos over on that side of the family. Hold on a second. So... I like went and like said hi to like David at his table afterwards. Like I have like the Stefano's in my family. He's like you do. I've never met anybody else who has the Stefano's in their family, so we're cousins. And I was like, oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. Yay!
1: Okay. What nationality or or you know history is that?
0: That's is Italian. That Italian.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I kind of figure if if anyone has the same like Italian roots, they're automatically family anyway.
0: Probably so. That's, that's
1: just kind of how welcoming Italians are. Yes. I would imagine not being Italian at all. That's just how I picture yeah. them.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I am not either, but they they have that air about them. So, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So, this episode opens in the gate room, which is like a couple techs standing around on the ramp. Someone's got a little scanner thing for something when we get an incoming traveler. And we see Hammond and SG1 rush into the control room as a bunch of SFs rush into the gate room. And There's no iris code, and we learned that SG5 and SG14 are both off-world, but they're not due back until tomorrow. And for some reason, the iris won't stay closed. Like, the tech is trying to close it, but as soon as it gets closed, it just opens again, and he's like, I don't know. I can't keep it closed. And then we get a close-up shot of a pair of feet covered in, like, fuzzy brown material stepping through the gate, and we pan up, and it's just this, like, hooded figure. And so Hammond and SG-1 head down to the gate room as the visitor walks down the ramp. And the hood is finally lowered and we see a young boy has come through the gate somehow. So Hammond orders him to be searched. And Jack suggests that Sam do that because she can also, like, sense things in addition to, like, actually, like, patting him down. Mm
1: -hmm. So I
0: think, you know, good idea there. Very good decision. Yes. So she does, and she's not able to, like, sense any, like, naquida or Gouldy stuff. And, like, the boy's not saying anything, like, Sam introduces herself, but he doesn't say anything back. And then, so Jack's like, I wonder what he's doing here. And then the little boy says that he is here to warn us. So. Ooh, okay then. Yes. So for those out there listening, Peter DeLuise's little cameo is after the boy, like, walks down the ramp, you see, like, an Aaron sort of peek out from behind the like the shield of the big gun thing, and that's Peter.
1: Yeah, and kind of look at him like, yeah, kid. Okay. This is interesting.
0: Yes. I wonder what he's here to warn us about. Hmm. Mm. Aliens? Yep. Mm, Possibly, considering what the show's about. That I give score that pretty high on the probability meter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He comes out. He's like, beware! So and so is going to win the Super Bowl. What?
0: Ah, crap. Oh, dang it. I put my money on the wrong guy. My fantasy football team is screwed. (sighs) Dang it. Okay. So we come back from the opening credits, and in the infirmary, Dr. Frazier can apparently find nothing wrong with this little boy. Like, there's no, like, bombs on him. He's not, like, booby-trapped in any way. He's maybe, like, a little malnourished, but he seems otherwise perfectly fine and not a a threat to us, basically.
1: Because every other time that's happened in other episodes, they've been correct. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The same as the little boy what his name is. He doesn't answer and just like points at Jack and says, that's Colonel O'Neill. And he knows that because his mother, who is apparently in the room with them, told him so. And apparently his mother has been watching them for several weeks. And after their encounter with Tonane and his people, she decided that Jack could be trusted. And his mother has also told him to only speak to Jack and to do so alone. So Hammond orders everyone out into the hall, except for the one airman that's just, like, standing in the corner of the room, who just stays there and doesn't leave the room. But, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yep. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jack asks the boy what his name is. He said he doesn't have one, but that his mother calls him son. And Jack's like, that's not much of a name. And he goes, yeah, that's more of a description, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he then mentions that Jack has a son and Jack cor- corrects him to had a son. And so the boy asks what the son's name was. And Jack tells him it's Charlie. And he's like, I like that name. Can I be Charlie? Okay, cool. So this little boy is now Charlie. And now Jack has again another little boy named Charlie in his
1: life. They like bringing that back.
0: I know. They brought it back a lot.
1: They they Um, like to remind America that he was a dad.
0: Yes. Yes. And so it turns out Charlie is from a planet called called Retalia, and it was a very nice place until the Gould came and destroyed most of the Ritu, which is apparently the name of the people slash aliens who lived on Retalia. And Jack is very sorry to hear that, and that's what Charlie is here to warn us about. And Jack's like, we already know about the Gould is fine. And he's like, no, it's not the Gould. It's the Ritu rebels. They're the ones that want to destroy you, which that's a little weird like hmm
1: that's different
0: Mm. yes so in the conference room they're discussing everything that's happened so far first with like the weird iris behavior and sam mentioned that it was acting like it was being controlled by another keyboard somewhere and they have special code text like digging into what happened and then uh jack's like pretty sure charlie survived like a gould massacre and so dr frazier's like that probably explains mom Because at this point, we're still thinking it's, like, quote-unquote mom, that basically Charlie is, like, imagining that mom is still there to, like, cope with her loss. And they're, like, but then how did he know all the stuff he knew, like, about, like, Tonane and that Jack had a son? And Daniel's, like, maybe he's, like, a psychic or something? Yeah, don't know.
1: I love how they continue to be, like, so very skeptical about all these things when, like, they've already encountered... Really weird stuff out in the universe,
0: but not a psychic. Like
1: yeah, psychic but is like, a little too much. I know, like a psychic or like beings that we can't see, because it's not like they haven't already seen or unseen that. Like, <laughs> it's not like they haven't already multiple times discovered beings that can make themselves inv- invisible. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: so okay. somehow, but somehow, no, no, no. The kid is just crazy, making it all up.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, mothers. Occam's Razor thing, you know, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. you know, before we just jump immediately to, yes, there are invisible aliens, is there any other simpler explanation? True,
1: but in the context of <laughs> of they are an army base exploring alien worlds and have encountered multiple other alien species that can make themselves invisible, that would be the simplest explanation.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, you got me there, I think. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just
0: saying. You're just saying. Um, So, yeah. So, Tilk then interjects about the whole, like, impending Ritu attack thing. It's like, shouldn't that be the priority? And Sam's like, I mean, yeah. So, Hammond wants Tilk to go back with Jack to like hear Charlie's story about what happened on the planet to see if the details of what happened there are consistent with like what a ghoul attack is normally like, which I think that's a pretty good plan. You know, if what this boy says jibes with what we know, then, you know, truth starts to, you know, build and trust and everything. So, mm-hmm. uh As soon as Tilk enters the infirmary, though, which I I noticed, like, Christopher Judge, when he walked in, like, he had, like, he was trying to look friendly, like, smiling, like, trying to look as, like, unthreatening as possible when he came Mm -hmm. in. But Charlie just screams Jaffa and, like, runs, like, to the other side of the room. And then they have to go through the whole, no, Tilk is, like, a good Jaffa. He, like, hates the ghouls. He's my friend. He's good. It's fine. And finally, Charlie and his mother accept it. So, Tilk comes closer to introduce himself, but, like, almost, like, immediately just doubles, like, over in pain and apologizes before hurriedly leaving the room with Jack following. So, that was weird. And out in the hall, Tilk's like, I don't know what that was, but, like, Junior didn't like it. Whatever was going on, Junior was not happy with it. So Dr. Frazier then join, joins them and tells them that Charlie's, like, in even, like, worse shape physically. Like, he's got, like, multiple organs failing. And he, she gets, she says, it's like Mother Nature put him together in a hurry and got everything just a little wrong. Aww. So, yeah, that's, that's sad. Yeah. And she then shows them a brain scan and points out an area of the brain called the reticular formation that is responsible for... Uh, a human being's, like, alertness and their perception of things, and it's apparently twice the size that it is in humans, which she thinks might explain some of, like, the psychicness vibes and, like, why Junior didn't like it, because maybe he's just throwing out some vibes that Junior doesn't like.
1: So. Some extrasensory something happening.
0: Yeah. And sometime later back in the infirmary, uh, Jack is sitting at Charlie's bedside while the rest of like SG-1 and Hammond and Fraser are near the door, sort of still trying to give them like some privacy. And they're still trying to figure out why the R2 rebels want to attack us, because it doesn't make sense. Like, the Gould attacked the Ritu, why do the two want to attack Earth? It makes no sense. Basically, it turns out that the Ritu think the Gould are too big of a threat to take out directly. So they want to kill any and all possible Gould hosts.
1: Which doesn't really make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, because it's not only humans that can be hosts, which like to, I, Tilker Sam points out that there are, there's billions of hosts yeah. all over the galaxy.
1: Yeah, there's the, the, something something's not right.
0: Yeah. So about that whole theory. Yeah. So luckily it's it's only like the rebel Ritu that think that think this like mother and like the main Ritu governing body think that's dumb too. So that's why Charlie is here to like warn us so we can like not get wiped out by these weird rebel Ritu creatures. Which is, yes, okay, yeah, sure. Do you think that
1: um, the plan was to just kind of tour all the human planets with this kid and tell everybody about it?
0: Possibly. I mean, I don't know why they started with Earth, I guess, because we're the only ones who seem to be regularly traveling between gates. But, which, I mean, that begs the question of, like, where did Mother find us? you know. Yeah. And when and stuff, but True. yeah. um, So we then try to get some information like about the Ritu themselves and like Charlie himself is not a Ritu. He was created by his mother to act as an intermediary between the Ritu and the humans. And they're still just like, so mother, mother, mother's here in the room right now, but we can't see her And according to Sam, according to astrophysics, yes, it's theoretically possible if the particles and waves of this creature are exactly 180 degrees out of phase with our own, they would basically appear invisible, but they're still somehow capable of controlling objects in our dimension because Mother is the one who controlled the iris earlier to let Charlie through. Interesting. So there's still some skepticism about is Mother real or is this still, like, a figment of Charlie's imagination thing? And she's getting really frustrated. And finally, she shoots out, like, this energy blast and, like, blows up a computer monitor. So the SFs, like, go to fire back and Hammond's like, stand down. And so uh, meet Mother, everyone. She is real. Yes.
1: Um,
0: So back in the briefing room the two are real so how do we deal with an invisible threat um, you know the
1: other interesting thing though is that mother can see everybody else so what does that mean for her yes. abilities
0: yeah like how can the retu see us if we can't see them that is the lingering question that nobody seems to have an answer to
1: no no <laughs> it be possible
0: all right so uh tilk offers up his ability to like sense them and jack's like great but not really what we need because like can junior tell us like where in the room it is how many there are what it's doing and tilk's like no i can just tell that one of them is somewhere nearby so i mean great great offer but unfortunately not very helpful uh but he does throw out that you know if his symbiote could sense it maybe the ghoul could too and they're like yeah if the ghoul wiped them out the ghoul needed some way to see them so who do we know that are good ghoul let's call the chokra yay yay um so we get a quick shot of sam and daniel up on the surface using that device uh, that they got from martouf to signal the chokra to come and help and okay here's my first sidebar what is up with daniel's hair in this episode it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's like, weird, are like pushed back. Like, I'm like, were they trying something? It just, it's not working. It's not looking good. <laughs> they're trying to do game, I know. don't know what they're doing, but it's not good. Um, so sometime later, Jacob and a, another Tok'ra come through and everyone is like super happy to see Jacob. Yes, we are happy to see you, but we kind of need Selmac for this one. I and thought they were going to show up and be like, who wants to kill you now? <laughs> I don't think we're quite there yet soon uh so it turns out that two weeks
1: ago somebody else wanted to kill you come on
0: (gasps) who is it now Um, (laughs) so it turns out Selmac has heard of the retu and when okay I'm gonna keep calling Selmac she because Selmac was she before and to help just differentiate between Jacob and Selmac so I'm gonna keep calling Selmac she for now uh, also, so,
1: every time that you keep saying Ritu, I just think Roku, so.
0: Oh, see, I think Ritu sounds like a Doctor Who villain.
1: Oh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, that'll work too. Yeah.
0: There's not, but like I'm like, it's just it's just a very Doctor Who villainy name. kind of is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when Zemak learns that there might be one in the S.G.C., she's like, oh, my God. And like seems to kind of freak out for a second and basically asks for the S.G.C. to return the other Tokura to like where they just came from and is like, take me to see the Ritu. So they take Jacob and Zemak to the infirmary where Jack is still there watching over Charlie, who's sleeping. And Charlie wakes up and admits to feeling very tired. And the door slides open. And before we see who it is, Charlie lets out a for crying out loud. Uh, which is quite amusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's Jacob and Hammond, and Charlie immediately panics at seeing Jacob because apparently it seems like Charlie can sense the ghoul
1: in him. Right. Or something. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but Jack reassures him that, you know, he's a good choker, he's not a bad gould. Again, friendly, friend of mine, he's all good, we're, we're safe, it's going to be fine. And Jacob just, like, puts his, like head in his hands like he's in immense pain and again leaves the room like asap and out and all he's like yeah there there's a retu in there for sure
1: i wonder what it is about them that puts the gould in pain
0: i know that's never really explained i don't not is it no i don't quite get it either oh yeah um so but apparently uh the the trip that the other trucker that had come with Jacob needed to take was very quick because he's already back with these two little handheld device gun type looking things. Um, they're sort of like, like double barreled with like one on top of the other. And the one that's on top, do you remember those Nerf footballs that had like the tail on them? Yeah. It kind of, I look kind of looks it like that. It does kind of look like that. Today. Right. <laughs> This is where we learned that that's actually what they had to use because they didn't have very many resources that day. (laughs) It's quite possible. Is that covered in like some foam? And then there's like another (laughs) little, just, I don't know, cone type shaped thing like underneath it. Um, But apparently these are devices that will allow them to see the retu. So they head back into the infirmary room and turn them on and sort of like scanned room. And there she is. And it's this like large green insect looking thing and and the, not what anyone was expecting whatsoever. No, I was, oh. I remember I was not. I was like, if so, if they had to make Charlie. So I, I was expecting something not human, but definitely not that. Um, did you ever try to think, like, try to picture
1: how a sophisticated insect type thing would go about genetically engineering a human? I don't, like in a lab or how she actually did it?
0: I don't know. I kind
1: of did try to. <laughs>
0: With their little pincers.
1: <laughs> yes. Try to engineer a human in the lab and like make it work and communicate with it and be like, I am mother. And I
0: don't know. <laughs> I now I'm just imagining like the fly. <laughs> yes. And that's me. Huh? This um, is what goes on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the airmen immediately like draw their weapons and Charlie's like, no, not mother. And like jumps in front of her. And so like everybody else leaves and Jack apologizes for not believing Charlie and like makes him promise to, like stay like whatever happens stay here with your mother in this room don't leave you'll be safe in here so back to the briefing room again to discuss further again what is happening and it so basically it seems like Charlie was you know genetically engineered by the Ritu somehow which helps explain all the various physical issues he seems to be suffering from according to Dr. Frazier like they keep Probably engineered him to, like, you know, grow very quickly if mother's only been there for a couple weeks and stuff. Um, And I did find an interesting theory out there that, so the Ritu needed human DNA in order to make a human, right? Given some of Charlie's behavior, some people theorize that somehow mother got Jack's DNA to make Charlie.
1: Hmm.
0: Because, like, the whole for crying out loud thing and the whole, yeah, son is, it's more of a description than a name. There's just some sort of, like, mannerisms and attitudes that seem very Jack-like in Charlie.
1: Eh, I mean, sure, but there's a lot of sg teams out there. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of characters that we don't even know.
0: That's true. But apparently, yeah, you it know. That would
1: be fun to think about.
0: Yes. And Mother did take a liking to Jack, as we do know for sure, Charlie says. Oh,
1: true. Well, I mean, yeah, that would support that.
0: So I think that's another, yeah. Thing mm-hmm. in that. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Fun fact. We're just going to say that's what happened.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we also learned that the, the thing that Jacob had is called a trans phase eradication rod, which is helpful for detecting and destroying Ritu. But well, it's not like the best for eliminating them. Cause you still have to like find it and then they can move and stuff. And, um, According to Jacob slash Semeck, the Ritu rebels are basically like terrorists. They sort of work in small groups of five Ritu in like a suicide squad kind of thing where they just like go in and like cause as much damage as possible. So uh, so then the question becomes, OK, so if we can't fight them here because we can't see them, maybe we can find out where, where they will be coming from and like there first and take them out as like a preemptive strike so that that's the plan that's the best we got right now so jack goes to talk to charlie and mom and charlie's crying because mom is going to leave once she's told uh once she's told like the yes, you everything she can that would be helpful and she thinks it would be best for charlie to stay here on earth with other like humans and I have to say, like, this scene, like, Rick in this scene is just, like, he's so good. Where he, like, the reasons for crying, like, mom leaving is definitely on the list of reasons why it's okay to cry and stuff. And I just think it's just, it's very sweet and very cute. And I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's funny how he's also trying to get information. Yeah. <laughs> With the thing of, like... <gasps> Uh, it is super okay to cry if mom is leaving soon. It's okay to cry if she's leaving in the next few days. It's really okay to cry if she's already left. And like, like,
0: yeah, like <laughs> no, mom's still here. Okay. Like, which of those things is it? Yes.
1: So, yeah, it was, it was cute but also funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... We do get that, okay, so yes, Mother will show Charlie the address where the Ritu Rebels are so Charlie can show them. And then Charlie asks if he can be Jack's son. And Jack just kind of tries like, push back on that a little bit. And finally they kind of come to agreement that, like, let's deal with this whole Ritu situation first. Then we'll talk about, you know, you staying here and being my son kind of thing. Which was like, oh, ouch, my heart a little bit in that. Yeah. So in the gate room, we see uh, a TER, which is how they refer to the trans eradication rod, has been attached to a MELP because they've apparently gotten the address for the Ritu rebels. So they're going to go check it out. And there's like a massive squad of soldiers in addition to SG-1 and a couple of the Tok'ra. And Jacob thinks it's overkill because these guys only work in squads of like five. You don't need all these people. It'll be fine. And they're like, well, better safe than sorry, because we don't. we've never dealt with these things before. The Malt arrives on the planet and it does its like initial scan and it seems clear. So all of the soldiers like rush through and Jack grabs like the TER off the Malt and they start scanning around the area around the gate and everything seems fine. So he tells the Tokra and one of the like the SG teams to stay and guard the gate and then they start walking down one of the paths to see if they can find anything and they head off. And after a little bit, Jacob and Tilk, like, double over and start experiencing that pain that indicates that there are Ritu nearby. And Jacob can seem to sort of hone in a little bit more because he's like, there are Ritu over there, like, and points in a specific direction. And so they head up, like, a small incline and, like. Shine the TERs down into this valley. And there's, like, a shit ton of Ritu down there. There's not just five.
1: Yeah, like, like
0: the entire squadron of everything came so through. The entire Rebel squad is there. Like, all of them. So, uh, yeah. So, back at the SGC, yes, the threat level is high. And Sam suggests installing palm scanners for the iris to prevent... Uh, The thing that like mom did earlier with like keeping the iris open because she's like, I'm assuming they don't have palms, which doesn't look like they do. Which I do have to say, though, like the redo that were on the planet don't look like mom, like mom looked like some kind of like flying thing. And the ones on the planet looked like I don't like crabby type things.
1: More like like out like a starship troopers.
0: Yes, yes, that's it. Those those gross starship trooper bugs that I hate because they look like spiders and I hate that. Yeah. But like mom looked like a flying thing or maybe that's like a male versus female thing. Like the female are like flying things like mom and the males are the weird starship trooper bug things. I don't know. Well, I mean, the one instance where we
1: did see Mother, it was, you know, really quick. So I don't, I don't really remember what her body looked like, just kind of what her head looked like. Uh, I have to go back and and pause it.
0: Okay. Well, you go do that and then we will wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. So anyway, so Sam gets to work on installing the palm scanner thing when suddenly Tilk and one of the Tok'ra guards that's there, like they double over in pain and Sam like very quietly just goes, like picks up the phone and is like, hey. Jack, is is are you infirm- in the infirmary with Charlie yet? And Mom's still there with you? Yep. Okay, great. We have another Ritu here in the control room. Okay, bye. And, like, somehow, like, everybody's, like, staying calm, like, trying not to alert the Ritu that they know that it's there. And the Tokra starts doing the sweep with the TER and, like, finds it. But, unfortunately, the Ritu blasts that Tokra like, through the control room window before he can fire uh, the toker drops the TER, and Tilk manages like die for it, and he gets the Ritu and the ritu has gone. And uh, they look out the gate room, the control room window, and uh, the Tokra is uh, de- dead on the gate room floor because no, he's like got sad. a big hole in the middle of his body. Yeah.
1: So that sad. was
0: that was sad. That was yeah, not good. Sad. So seems we're kind of starting some scans of the facility and we see jacob jack and hammond walking down the hall when jacob senses a retu and he hands the ter to jack who scans and we see four retu at like the end of the hall and one of them shoots one of those blue energy ball things and they manage to duck out of the way and it like just hits the wall and he scans again and the retu are gone so the one again in the control room plus these four that makes five so this is one of those, like, suicide squads that Jacob had mentioned earlier. And according to Jacob, they'll try to sort of get out of the base and just wreak havoc as much as they can. And apparently they have some kind of weapon that's like a small nuke. So that's awesome. Yay. yay. I
1: have a question yeah. that none of us will be able to answer. Okay. Um,
0: I love it. My favorite <laughs> kind. Yes.
1: Well, so I was just wondering, like, if... Is there also something to, like, yes, we can't see them because of the out of phasing, but does that also affect whether or not we can hear them?
0: It doesn't seem like we can hear them. Like, I never hear any kind of, like, if you go back and, like, really pay attention to the episode, there's never any kind of, like, noise when they're like sensed or even when they like appear on the TER, there's really not much noise from them.
1: I would like to know, I would have liked to have, you know, if somebody had mentioned that as part of like the theoretical science they were going with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You could also hear them if that has anything to do with being in or out of phase. Yes. I I don't know.
0: I'm not a scientist. Do we have any astrophysicists but listening to us that could enlighten us? Probably not. I actually could
1: just talk in to case. about
0: things in and out of phase. <laughs> yes, if, if any astrophysicists are listening, even if yours is like five years in the future from when we actually release it, because we probably don't have an answer even five years in the future, yeah, no. If please, please write in and, and let us know if you can hear things that are visually out of phase. Mm.
1: Mm,
0: interesting. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The yeah. amount of Ritu that are in the base has to mean that, like, as soon as they opened the gate to where they were, they just started coming back. Or, no, they had to have fought. I keep, I keep, like, thinking that you can go through the wormhole either way. So, no, they had yep. to have followed them, like,
0: really quickly. Yes.
1: So, does that also mean they can take up the same
0: space? I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. Does that mean, like, can we walk through them? Because like Jacob said, like they can't like they can't just sort of like morph through the iris or anything like the same sort of iris rules apply to them, even if they are out of phase. And they're able to like apparently touch things in our dimension. So like if we ran into one, would we know or would we just walk through it? I don't know.
1: Seems the writers didn't think about this enough.
0: Not quite. (laughs) But that's why we're here to think about it for them. (laughs)
1: So many years later, and have uh, no answers whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Let's see. This was 99. Uh, 12 years. Yeah, no. 20. No. Wait. 99. 2009. 2009. 29. Like, 12, 12 years later. 12 and a half years later. <laughs> point out all the things they did wrong. Yay. Yay. No, wait. If it's 99,
1: it's 20 years ago. Oh, Ship. I know. Got no. I, no. I know because I had my high school. Well, I was supposed to have my high school reunion last year and that would have been 20 years.
0: Oh, god damn it.
1: I know. Oh.
0: <sighs> yes. That's very long time ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: I have just made Carrie's day really bad.
0: <laughs> I'm so old.
1: Oh, no, we're youthful. We're fun.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yep. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay.
0: Yay. Um, okay. So back to the episode. So uh, we then get shots of basically, like, Jack, like, splitting up everybody to start, like, scanning their way through the base and, like, making sure things are locked down and everything. And they split up into teams and we sort of bounce back and forth between everybody like scanning hallways and like calling out to like lock down certain blast doors after they clear the area. And at one point, Daniel's like, what happens if they just like come through the door behind us and Jack like whips around thinking like Daniel saw something, but no, there's nothing there. And like, Don't do that, Daniel. Thought there was something there, but then Jack turned back around and oh, there's the Ritu like right in front of him. Uh Yeah, Jack manages to blast that one, kills it, but there's another one like right near there. And that Ritu gets off a blast and unfortunately kills the red shirt that was with Jack and Daniel, and that's very sad. Uh, but we have two out of five Ritu are now down and done. Yay. And then we cut to Sam, Jacob, and Chu, and close the last door behind them, and they sort of peek around the corner, and uh, I think it's the elevator. It's a little unclear, but I'm pretty sure it's the elevator. Like, the doors slide open, and they get, like, fired on by one of the Ritu, and unfortunately, Chu is uh, fatally wounded, and Jacob gets hit in the shoulder, and it's, like, it's not great, but, like, some will take care of it. It's fine. So he tosses Sam the T-E-R and, like, tells her to take care of it. So she heads over, like, tries to fire on it once. But the ele- the elevator doors, like, keep sort of, like, sliding open and closed, like, very erratically and sporadically and, like, jerky. And what, as it slides open one time, she manages to, like, bounce a grenade off the table that had fallen over and it bounces like right into the elevator and explodes and she manages to make it over there and like finish off the two. so now we've got three Ritu down yay and, yay we're doing it we're getting it done jack and daniel are finally near the infirmary with a couple more guards and jack tries to signal daniel about you know, how they're heading in. And Daniel's like, but there are people in there. And Jack's like, I know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like one of those like little moments of levity in like a very sort of stressful situation in the show. Um, Which so, they so
1: well.
0: Yes. Anyway, they head in the room in like slow-mo for some reason. And that
1: slow-mo is awesome <laughs> and makes you look like a badass.
0: I mean, sure. Yes. Uh, maybe they were like 30 seconds short in the episode. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's actually what it is. That's really yeah, what happened. it is. They were like, we're—oh man, we don't want to put any more commercials for Tide. Let's just make the episode and
0: 30 seconds go. longer. Slow yeah. out. Um, and so they get fired on by one of the R2 that's in there, and it hits Jack in the shoulder, knocking the TER out of his hand. Daniel picks it up and goes to fire, but f- before he can, uh, the one Ritu that had fired on them is taken out by Mother. Gay, Go, Mom. Yay. And then apparently, though, there's a, the, the fifth and final Ritu is also in the infirmary. And she, it, he, it, unfortunately, takes out Mother. And that's very sad because Mother that's is now dead. No,
1: no, Mother.
0: Yeah. And, but Daniel still got the TER. He does a sweep, finds it, blasts it. And the Ritu are done. We've gotten them. Yay. Pretty sure. So Sam and Tilk come in and like, they sort of do a count of who, you know, took out Ritu and that should be five. So that should be all of them. But Jack orders Sam to like get a team and do another sweep of the base just to make sure. And then Jack heads over to like try and comfort Charlie, even though Frazier's still like trying to like treat his, you know, horribly burned and like bloody shoulder and then Charlie just, like, collapses in his arms, and Fraser gets him up on the bed, and, like, there's not much she can do. He's got, like, multiple organs failing. Like, she can stabilize him, but basically Charlie's dying, and unfortunately there's nothing that she can do. She, This is not something that, unfortunately, we can fix here. We just don't have the ability. And Selmac offers to take Charlie to the Tok'ra, and... Daniel's like, isn't Charlie a little young? And Semak's like, yeah, but you know, the Tokra will teach it; it'll be fine. So uh, that's what they're gonna do. So Charlie's gonna go off with the Tokra, and
1: I was very happy that they then later showed Charlie like up and walking around and like voluntarily going. With the Tokra, because if they would have just showed them like picking him up, passed out, like in you know, carrying him to the other planet, I would have been mad because yeah. I would have been against what the Tokra say they're for in taking yes. voluntary people exactly. instead of just saying like, You need to be saved. Here, here's what we're going to do with you.
0: Yes. I would've been even, mad. But even then there's still like Charlie's a child who's like a couple weeks old, really. Yeah. Can he really make informed consent? I don't know. We'll just go with yes to, to give us a happy ending-ish. Yeah. Um, also,
1: would that really work if, like, unfortunately, his issues are, like, how his body is made in the first place?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anybody can do something, it's going to be a, you know, a symbiote. So, I guess it depends on how, how extreme their repair abilities are, mm-hmm. um, so, Definitely. yeah. Yeah, so a little while later, you know, everybody's in the gate room saying goodbye to Charlie, and Charlie's crying again, and Jack tells him, you know, it's okay, this is, you know, another reason that's on the list, that it's okay to cry, and, you know, Jack will visit him, and Charlie will visit Earth, and they'll see each other again, and it'll be fine. And then we get another brief reappearance from Selmac, who warns that the SGC is still in, like, great danger from the reto, like, they won't stop coming And tells Tilk that he must be vigilant to try and, you know, protect this facility as much as they can. And then Jacob and Charlie walk up the ramp. And it is the end. And bye. And then Charlie and the Ritu are never heard from again. (laughs) (laughs) This great threat that we're supposed to be. Must be vigilant. Tilk, make sure the Ritu don't come. Like they're they're mentioned in passing in a couple episodes, but just as a oh hey is this maybe a Ritu thing? It's not a Ritu thing, and <laughs> I could totally yeah. see
1: see that happening at their at their boardroom table. Is this Ritu? No. Nope.
0: Nope. No. Yeah. So. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that is show and tell. Yeah. Maybe the Ritu didn't do very well with test audiences, and so they were like, mm, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna go
0: for this one. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe. Because you know, it's again, it, I think it's just the whole invisible thing. It's like really invisible. How convenient.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, uh, memos for this ah. week. Memos
1: for this week. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Other than the
0: usual. <laughs> <laughs> Better quarantine scanning (laughs) procedures upon return to Earth from foreign planets? (laughs) Um, I don't really have any. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just found it really funny how they were all, you know, thinking that the kid was just like making stuff up like kids do when. Yeah. Like they had clearly seen enough weird shit out there to know, (laughs) oh, no, he's really telling the truth. Because also of the way he came to the planet, like you know when they of how the intro happened where they couldn't close the iris and it yeah. through and like and still they were like Psh, yes mothers in the room <sighs> right yes okay yes mm-hmm. we'll go along with it sure tell us about mother it was funny it's very yep. funny
0: yep um okay so this episode title is show and tell which so it's not a line of dialogue i mean i kind of get it with like it's an invisible thing and it's that whole show versus tell kind of thing. If you were gonna name this episode, what would you name it if it wasn't show and tell? Mother. Mother? I would probably just, would probably just name it Mother. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um some of the, the would you like some of the foreign territory titles? Sure, yeah, those are fun. Okay. Um so French, Spanish, and Czech are all like the invisible enemy or the invisible threat. Kind of just mm. invisible thing. Mm-hmm. Um Hungarian is hide and seek. Oh like the Hungarians. Yes. Uh, German uh, translates as new foes. Oh.
1: No. <laughs> Which makes it extra funny. <laughs> that that they
0: never come again. back again. Never to be seen again. Yes. Uh, for some reason, in Russian, instead of show and tell, it's tell and show.
1: Oh.
0: So. All right. You know, that was a little interesting. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: and I think that's all I got for this week.
1: All right. Well, it's yeah. fun. Did you like this one? How did it rate on the favorite scale?
0: Um, story, eh, Jack, good. So I think this is definitely one of my favorite, like, Jack episodes from this season. I think he's got a lot of good stuff to do in it, um, especially, you know, with Charlie and the little boy and everything. Um, I think, you know, if the Ritu had come back, it might rate a little higher. But considering they just d- disappear, just kind of like, okay, that got dealt with okay bye okay Bye. yeah okay that was Uh but it's fine it's you know middle of the road not terrible but yeah
1: yeah yeah. it's
0: fine Mm -hmm. okay yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay any final thoughts are we done no none we're done done okay okay (laughs) all right well thank you everybody for listening this week as always you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that's w-o-o-s-g rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for 1969 bye. bye